Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from storytellers around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello, Super Great Kids. How are you doing? I hope you had a happy week. In the part of the world where I live, it's autumn and moving towards winter. So we thought we'd share some stories over the next few weeks about autumn while we're still in that season. Of course, lots of you who are listening are in South Africa and Australia and New Zealand, and it's a different season for you, spring turning into summer. We've got two autumn stories for you this week. One is a little bit sad, and one is more upbeat. The first story, The Anxious Leaf, is a beautiful, helpful, but slightly sad story, and it's told by Tien and Duyeb. It isn't a traditional tale like most of our stories, you know, one which is passed on from person to person. This story was written down by a church minister from the United States about, oh, 150 years ago. Now, this story is a little bit sad, but it can be helpful for children who are dealing with loss. It's only five minutes long, so, grown-ups, if you're not sure if it's right for your children, then do have a quick listen first. If you don't want to listen to a sad story, just fast-forward by six minutes or so to the story I'm telling about the Apple Tree Man, which is a traditional tale about an apple tree and some hidden treasure. Now... Can you think of your favourite season? Spring, summer, autumn or winter? And see if you can come up with some reasons why it's your favourite while we have a few words with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. It's me again. I wonder which season you decided is your favourite. I always think my favourite season is whichever season I'm in when I'm thinking about it. So... At the moment, for me, that's autumn. I love the bonfires and the swirling leaves in the wind and the smell of apples cooking. Time to welcome Tien and Duyeb with his version of a story from the US, The Anxious Leaf, written by Henry Ward Beecher. What do you like about autumn? One of my favourite things is watching all the colours of the leaves turn from green into beautiful reds, oranges and yellows before falling to the ground and forming an amazing carpet of what looks like crispy, crunchy flames. Even though the tree is losing the leaves, which it spent so much of the year growing, it doesn't feel like a sad time to me. It's just getting ready for winter and then it will have brand new leaves in the spring. It's the cycle of life that we're all part of, summed up with amazingly colourful leaves. This is a story about one little leaf who is a bit scared of autumn and having to fall off the tree. Once upon a time, a little leaf sat on a twig on a tree and sighed so loudly that all the other leaves could hear it. 
It wasn't just a sigh that leaves make as the wind gently blows through them, making a calming, wistful sound. There could be no mistake that this was a sad, worried little sigh. <sighs> Can you sigh like that? <sighs> the little leaf sighed again and then started to cry. The twig it was sitting on was concerned. What's the matter, little leaf? it asked. And the little leaf said with a big sniffle, The wind just told me that one day it will pull me off this tree and throw me to the ground where I will die. I don't want that to happen, and I'm very scared. The little leaf cried more and started to tremble. Now the twig was worried about this little leaf, and so it spoke to the branch it was growing from. The branch took the message and passed it on to the tree. On hearing about the anxious little leaf, the tree didn't hesitate and it rustled through all its branches and leaves. Can you do a rustling sound? That lovely sound when all the leaves and branches on a tree move and dance on the breeze. Rustle, 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 rustle. Rustle, 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 rustle. This rustle, though, was the tree sending a message back to the leaf. And this message said, don't be scared. Hold on to me when the wind blows and you don't have to let go unless you want to. The leaf felt a little bit better and he stopped sighing and crying and went back to singing in the wind with all his brothers and sisters on their twigs, on their branches, on the tree. Every time the tree shook itself in the wind, all the branches would shake, which would shake all their twigs and the little leaf would dance up and down so merrily as though it would never, ever fall off. It danced through the spring as the April showers and breezes blew through the tree, and the little leaf danced through the summer as the hot sun beat down from the sky. And it grew and grew and danced and danced all the way to November. As summer disappeared and autumn began, the now not-so-little leaf anymore looked at all his brothers and sisters and saw they were changing colour. They had gone from bright green to a number of beautiful colours. Some were yellow, some were scarlet red, and some, the very, very lucky ones, were striped with both colours at the same time. The leaf wanted to know what this meant, so it asked the twig, why have all the other leaves changed from green to these amazing colours? And the twig asked the branch, and the branch asked the tree. And the tree rustled an answer straight back to the leaf and said, it's because they're all getting ready to fly away and they've put on beautiful colours to show how happy and excited they are. When the leaf heard the tree say fly away, it thought about sighing again, but then realised it actually wanted to be like its brothers and sisters. And so the leaf thought about it and as he did, he went from green to the most magnificent orange with red streaks. Just then, a little puff of wind came and the leaf let go without even thinking. The breeze took it up into the air and whirled it over and over, letting it dance in the sky and it looked like a spark of fire as it spun and twirled and then it fell gently down to the ground to join all the other leaves and the twig and the branch and the tree all knew the leaf was free now and it would all be okay because in just a few months there would be new leaves and the tree would start 
all over again. Thanks to Tiernan for that story. It is a bit sad, isn't it? But I like to think of the leaves all swirling together in a merry dance and then new sharp green leaves appearing in the spring. And I like the fact that the big tree was very kind and listened to the little leaf. Now, carrying on with the theme of trees and autumn, here's another more typical traditional story from England about an apple tree. Once upon a time, long ago, there were two brothers who lived on a farm. Different as chalk and cheese they were, very different. The older brother Jack was quiet and shy. He loved nature and animals and walking under a big sky. And his younger brother, Simon, was loud and confident, liked to race the local boys on the horse and cart. Truth be told, Charles was a bit of a show-off. When the boys were young and their father got back from working the fields, he'd tell them stories by the fire. Their favourite story was the one about how all the animals on the farm would get together on Christmas Eve and begin talking to each other. Sometimes, while telling the story, the farmer would turn to his boys. A gleam would come into his eye and he'd say, Listen to the donkey and the old cow talking at midnight on Christmas Eve. They know more about this farm than anyone. They'll tell you where you can find treasure on our land if you know how to listen to them. Eventually, the old farmer died and left the farm to his youngest son, Charles. The oldest son, Jack, got nothing but an old tumble-down cottage, a grumpy old cow and a manky old donkey. And I'm sorry to have to tell you that sometimes Jack even went hungry. But he was happy enough. He loved that land. And he worked hard. He really enjoyed the company of his old cow and his manky old donkey and made sure that they were well fed. He started making creamy round cheeses from the cow's milk and growing vegetables on a small plot of land. And he fixed up the holes in the roof in his cottage. Beside his cottage were three very old apple trees. He pruned them back, hoping to grow apples from them once again. And when they grew the following year, he made cider from the apples, which is like an apple drink. And every year, on Christmas Eve, when the apples had all been picked and the cider had all been made, he would pour a cup of warm, sweet-smelling cider onto the roots of the tree to say thank you and to encourage the tree to keep growing and producing fruit when spring came again. And he'd sing to it as he poured the drink onto its roots. Wassail, wassail to the apple tree I give to you, you give to me Rosy red and good to eat Thank you for your apple sweet One particular Christmas Eve, Charles came to his older brother's tumble-down cottage. Hello, Jack. I've come to get the money for the rent for the cottage and for the cow and for your knobbly-wobbly old donkey. Sorry, said Jack. Can I give you it in a couple of weeks when I've got some money from the Christmas market for my round cheeses? No, Jack, I need it now, said his greedy brother. Pay up now or you're out of here tomorrow. 
Just then, Jack remembered his father's stories around the fire and how he used to tell them about the donkey and the cow talking at midnight on Christmas Eve. I'll tell you what, Charles. Why don't you come back here at midnight tonight? You never know, we might hear the animals talking about where father's treasure is. Ha! Huh. OK, said the younger brother. I'll be back, but mind you, if we find that treasure, this land is mine, so it belongs to me. Do you understand? Yes, OK, said Jack. That evening, Jack fed the animals. He gave them some soft hay to sleep on, a little bit of straw, and he took the last of the cider and he fed it to the roots of the apple tree, singing to its health and asking it to produce good apples when the spring came again. Wassail, wassail to the apple tree, I give to you, you give to me, rosy red and good to eat, thank you for your apple sweet. But just then, something very strange began to happen. The trunk of the tree started to twist and to bend right in front of his eyes. And as he stared at the tree, a face appeared, all rough and wrinkled like bark. Then a door opened up in the trunk of the tree. Can you do a creaking door? And out stepped an old man with skin like bark, cheeks rosy red and long leafy green hair. Well, Jack wasn't a bit excited. He was proper scared. He got up to run. Hold on, my friend. All these years you've looked after me and now it's my turn to help you. Guess where your dad's treasure is buried. It's right here beneath my roots, right at your feet. Dig it up and you'll never need anything again. But shh, don't you tell anyone. Your brother would happily take it off you if he heard. Jack rubbed his eyes. Was he dreaming? Can trees talk? I is that you, Apple Tree Man? Are you real? Of course it's me. Yes, I'm here to look out for you, aren't I? Now, quick, it's cold. Get digging before we both freeze. So Jack took a shovel and sure enough, dig, dig, diggity dig, 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 diggity dig. Can you help me? Dig, dig, diggity dig, 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 diggity dig. Down under the very roots where he stood, there was a beautiful box made of walnut wood decorated with mother-of-pearl and filled to the brim with golden coins. Jack dragged it all the way to his kitchen and hid it under the shelves in the pantry. Late that night, the church bells were ringing out midnight on Christmas Eve. Bong! 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 When there was a knock at his door. Bang! Bang! Bangity-bang! Hello, is anybody there? It was Charles. It's midnight, brother, and I'm going to the barn to listen to your animals. It's my land, so I get the right to listen first. OK, Charles, off you go. Jack sent Charles on up, and then very quietly, he crept up to the barn to listen himself round the other side. Jack peered in at the cobwebby window. 
both of his animals were mooing and braying and kicking up quite a hullabaloo, he pressed his ear to the wall of the barn. And can you believe it? He could tell what those animals were saying, yes, as clearly as if they were speaking English. So his father had been right. The cow said, Happy Christmas, donkey. Hee-haw. Thanks, cow. And happy Christmas and a happy moo year to you. Hee-haw. Ha-haw. What moos have you got for me, cow? Hee-haw. Oh, nothing much. How about you, donkey? Any moos from you? No, no, cow. Nothing new. Nothing new. Hee-haw. Hey, hey. This straw is a bit chewy. Not as good as the lot we got last week. They chatted on about straw and grass and the weather for ages. And Charles waited impatiently, stamping his feet outside the barn in the cold. Come on, come on, he thought. What is wrong with you? Never mind all this blather about rain and mud and straw. What about treasure, you ridiculous animals? Finally, the donkey laughed. Hee-haw, hey, I got some moose for you, cow. You know the old man's treasure? Oh, yes, <laughs> that, laughed the cow. All that gold he buried. Can't see the point myself. Why not spend it? Just think of how much straw you could buy with that. I say, cow, do you know where it is? Asked the donkey. Yep said the cow. Holy cow! I mean, wow! said the donkey. Are you going to tell me? Hee-haw! Please, 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 please! Hee-haw! Charles was seriously excited now. At last he was going to get his hands on some real riches. He leaned in further, listening carefully. No! said the cow, chuckling. <laughs> Not in a million moos will I tell you where it is. Oh, come on, buddy. Come on, come on, come on. Hee-haw. Why not? We're friends. We share everything, even secrets. Come on, come on, come on. No, said the cow, chewing on an old bit of grass. Because that mean, selfish young brother is listening at the window. And he doesn't deserve a single gold coin. All his life he's taken and taken, and he's never helped anyone but himself. So I think I'll just keep quiet. <laughs> good plan, good plan, good plan, Stan, laughed the donkey. Hee-haw, hee-haw. Charles jumped up and ran into the stable. You stupid, smelly, rubbish animals! Tell me, tell me, tell me where the treasure is now or I'll kick you really hard. But all of a sudden, all he could hear were moos and he haws. The magic hour had passed. And then, suddenly, the donkey kicked out with his hind leg and ooh, ooh, splash! He sent Charles flying out of the barn and into a pile of inky, stinky, pinky manure. Yuck! Next day, Jack went round to visit his brother. Happy Christmas, 
he said with a big smile on his face. Here's your silver shilling, Charles. Where did you get that? asked Charles suspiciously. Oh, well, never you mind, smiled Jack. That's for me to know and you to find out. Well, the months passed and within the year, Jack had worked hard and with his treasure, he could buy back his younger brother's farm. And he bought bees for honey and sunflowers for seeds and planted enough vegetables so that he and his animals could live very comfortably indeed. And every Christmas Eve, he'd go to that old apple tree, pour some cider on the roots and sing to the tree. Can you help me? Was sail, was sail to the apple tree, I give to you, you give to me, rosy red and good to eat, thank you for your apple sweet. Ooh, I like the idea of feeding trees and singing to them. I must confess, I have named a couple of my favourite trees in the woods near my house, and I sometimes give them a friendly pat as I pass by. You never know, there might be an oak tree man or a birch tree man living inside them. I wonder if you've ever helped to pick fruit from trees. I used to help my grandma pick apples from her tree every autumn and she wrapped each apple carefully in newspaper and placed them in a large wicker basket in the room where I slept so I could smell apples as I fell asleep. Very comforting. Now, it's time for me to dig deep into my bag of happies and say some hellos and some thank yous to subscribers and super great artists. Several new owlets to welcome to the nest this week. Hello to Sam, who is nearly six, and to Matilda, who is three, from Alexandria in Virginia in the US. And hello to Thomas, who is six, almost seven, from Tupelo in Mississippi in the US. And hello to Adeline, who is ten and stays in Cape Town in South Africa. Adeline enjoys listening to the stories before falling asleep. That's lovely, Adeline. And hello to Patreon Owlets from Dublin, Ashling and Donal. And welcome to Owlet Logan from Vallejo in California, who is four and a half and has been listening to super great kids' stories since we began two years ago. Logan loves to build Lego while he's listening to the stories. Over to London now to Leo, who is six, and his little sister Cassandra Rose, who is one. Leo loves the story The Parrot and the Cat because it's funny and because the cat just keeps eating everything. Leo says his sister dances whenever she hears the super great kids sig tune. Thanks for sharing that, Leo. What a nice image. I'll tell super great David who wrote that music. He'll be very pleased. And hello to Lily, who is five, from Minnesota in the US, who, like Leo, is also a big fan of the cat and the parrot. She also likes the ghost of the bloody finger and pixie dust. And hello to five-year-old twins Vader and Juno from Jersey City in New Jersey in the US. They've also been listening from the very start of the podcast, the Ra. And hello to Elijah, who is five, and Caleb, who is seven months, who are in Buffalo, New York in the US. 
and packed to London to Zeth, who is seven, who listens to super great kids' stories at bedtime and is especially excited about the scary stories. Eek! I hope they don't give you nightmares, Zeth. Welcome to all of you Owlets. I hope you enjoy being a member of our club. And now, some thank yous to budding artists who've been busy with pens and crayons and paint, putting our stories into pictures. Thanks to four-year-old Senan for your brightly coloured picture of a dragon, inspired by the four dragon story from China. I love all the spikes along its back and its pink wings and rainbow stripes. And how amazing that you were able to draw something so beautiful while jiggling along in the car. And six-year-old Julian from Alexandria in Virginia in the US has sent us two lovely pictures. One inspired by the African Cinderella story, Kia and the Purple Fish. Isn't it interesting that a fairy godmother can come in the shape of a fish? And the other inspired by the story about the Welsh flag, the two dragons. Great that you've designed your own flag, Julian. Hello to your little brother Jamie too. I can imagine him saying, hammer, 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 build, build, build. Hammer, 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 build, 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 as you listen to the story together. Oh, and Noah, who is six from Cape Town in South Africa, has sent us an imaginative picture of the Irish story about giants, Finn McCool. I really like your giant, Noah, with his jagged teeth and huge body. Just lovely. Thank you. And Carmen and Chase have sent pictures of the Anansi and the Magic Pot story told by Toop. Carmen, I love the way you've drawn Anansi with his wife spying on him while he eats from his magic pot. And Chase, I like the way Anansi looks so sad in your drawing, standing next to his pot as he discovers it isn't magic anymore. And Noah, who is four from the Yukon in Canada, has drawn a very imaginative picture, inspired by how the rainbow became. Your picture has so much energy, Noah, with the colours which change into other colours, and it feels as if lots of rainbows are being made in your picture. Thank you. And what a brilliant picture of the Last Word Prince story sent to us by Ed from Western Supermare in Somerset in the UK. Thank you, Ed. The splendid hall in the Shrimp Palace deep under the sand looks really grand with the chandelier and the beautiful portraits on the walls. Shrimps are very difficult to draw, but yours are so detailed. I love all their legs and long antennae. Well done, Ed. Your picture is amazing. If you'd like to see these pictures, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. And we love seeing your pictures, so if you'd like to send us one, send it to us by Facebook Messenger on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories, or by email via our website on supergreatkidsstories.com. Well, that's nearly it for this week. Hope you enjoyed our two stories. See you next week. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London. 